Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's not going to mention the thing. We're not going to do it. No. Nope. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 95, covering series seven, episode three, A Town Called Mercy. This is the one where the Doctor, Amy, and Rory save a town called Mercy by kind of convincing a killer cyborg not to kill while a doctor, not the doctor, but a different doctor, kills himself instead in the Old West in a Stetson. Remember that one? <laughs> this is uh, story number 228, originally airing September 5th, 2012 to 8.97 million global viewers. And again, it's more complicated than that, but roughly that's what it was. Boom. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, it was like UK and Australia. (laughs) It's not the 6.7. I'm sure somebody in America watched it, but. It's not the 6.7. Ah, yes, but remember. But remember, even the 6.7. Oh, oh, you're talking about last season? Yeah. Yeah. Last season, it was way. way And again, I I, I think those numbers were mm -hmm. under reporting. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm sure that Americans and Canadians were watching it and Australians and like. And there's just no way to gauge it. When you get to streaming, it's kind of hard to be able to say anymore. Yeah. There's so many different places you can watch Just it. Put from. it all yes, because on for example, does our view count now? <laughs> yeah, right. Eight hundred eight point nine seven million and one plus one. <laughs> Plus the four times that I've watched this episode. <laughs> all right, uh, this was also written by Toby Whithouse. Um, Toby seems to like monsters. His uh, past credits include School Reunion, which had like uh, gargoyle things, yeah, y'all yeah. Re- will recall. And The Vampires of Venice, which had vampire, vampires. vampire things. Obviously. And then The God Complex, which Mino had like Tower. everything. Yeah, Mino, Minotaurs. Uh, Minotaur. So and not only all the stuff in the rooms. Uh, oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. All kinds so. of crazy, scary things in there. So not, now that I'm thinking about it, not only does he seem to like monsters, he seems to be like the king of our running gag of... They're not actually vampires. They're aliens. They're not actually yeah. gargoyles. They're aliens. They're not actually they're cowboys. Not... They're aliens. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going the cyborg route, which he is a cyborg this time, but he's not a cowboy. He's not a he's gunslinger. Alien. He's a cowboy. I mean, he's what? He's, he's a gunslinging alien. alien cyborg. Cowboy. With a hat. With the weird phaser rifle. Like, why did he have, like, the weird spinning arm thing? Because it was cool. Why else? I loved it. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> this one was also uh, directed by Saul Metstein, Steen, Sturgeon, uh, who we uh, was wrote the one, uh, or excuse me, directed the episode last week. We talked about him then, yeah. so. I just want to say, it's definitely not Metsturgen. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> wasn't. No Met, Metstein or Y'all Metstein. guys can you record added yourself trying to, <laughs> to Try adding to a few more syllables. <laughs> perhaps two. Uh, <laughs> under the cast... One big one here, guys, was Isaac, the uh, the marshal. He was played by Ben Browder, who uh, he had a recurring role in the Stargate series. Um, he he played the same character on two or maybe even three of the Stargate was one of these ones like Star Trek, where there was Stargate and then there was Stargate Universe and Stargate Continuum and Stargate Atlantis and all of them. Yeah, Stargate on Ice and. Stargate 2, Electric Boogaloo. Stargate um, on ice. <laughs> yeah. Progressive. Uh, much ice. like progressive. Yeah. Uh, so he, he played Lieutenant Colonel somebody or other on that show. and uh, But more notably, he was the main character, the main role, John Crichton, in Farscape. So, yeah, Farscape was, uh, was I, I want to say it was a 
sci-fi channel. Actually, no, it may even predate the sci-fi channel as we know it today. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't remember who originally produced the show, um, but it was around the time of Star Trek The Next Generation. And this was one of the shows that um, Star Trek stayed pretty practical in its special effects for a long, long time. They kind of waited until computer effects got really good. Yeah. Farscape had no qualms about that whatsoever. <laughs> Farscape and Babylon 5 both said, we are all in on the CGI. And it was way too early. So, um, but... <clears throat> like, oh, what is that thing? <coughs> oh, yeah. it's CGI. Well, so, like, it was... The CGI was... It wasn't for... They weren't using it for creatures, thankfully. But oh. they would use it for spaceships. Like, <sighs> all the scenes in space... Uh, that I remember. I, I've only seen so a handful of episodes of Farscape. very bad Crofton, like, totally drawn spaceship. No, 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 like no. That's what, you get with, that's what you get with practical effects. This was oh. entirely CGI. Oh. So the oh. space was CGI, and the oh. planet would have been CGI, <laughs> and the spaceship flying around shooting the lasers would have all been CGI. The planet so just disappears like, for several frames. You're like, <laughs> what? It wasn't that bad. Uh, no, but it at any rate, like um, the thing that Farscape did have, like do you know what CGI is? <laughs> Uh, the thing that Farscape did have going for it was it had awesome animatronics. So they they did have a couple of alien characters that were like puppets. And oh. uh, so that was cool. So Farscape has like a massive following, a big, big fan uh, fandom behind it. I'm I've only ever seen, I think, the first two episodes. And honestly, they didn't grab me. Um, it's something that I kind of maybe want to go back to. Um, but Ben Browder here was uh, the main role. He was uh, so the, the the basic idea with Farscape is he's uh, he's a test pilot for like I don't know NASA or whatever equivalent of of some space agency, and he's trying out a new type of spaceship and gets like flung to the outer <laughs> reaches of the galaxy or something. And spends, you know, the, the the premise of the show is him trying to get home now stranded out in the galaxy it's amongst. Like Doctor Who. Kind of. How is it anything like Doctor <laughs> Who? He took a random spaceship <clears throat> out into the unknown and then spends like a whole season as the first Doctor trying to get back. Uh, no. You lost me on that one. At any rate, so um, that's uh, that's Farscape. So yeah. here we go with, a, yep. like, that's a big name sci-fi get mm-hmm. to uh to have ben browder and you know uh doing <laughs> being that we're in america they had to grab some americans and i'm pretty yeah. sure actually now that i'm thinking about it i'm almost willing to bet money right now ben browder is probably canadian <laughs> but <laughs> playing the american i love so. the uh love the sci-fi trope person gets flung hundreds of thousands of light years away in like a split second and it's like oh no now i have to get back well, yeah, because it was a fluke thing. So, how do you get back, right? But like, how does that happen you can't, at all? You can't back. fling yourself back. So, we'd love to continue talking about Farscape on our spinoff Farscape podcast that apparently we need to start. But let's get back to yes. Noobs in the Whovian, which is brought to you by R Five Website Management, where you can get your hosting, domain registration, security, or your website builder. Uh, you can get everything there that you need at a great price. All right, and as always, we have a special deal just for Noobs and the Whovians listeners. Uh, Whovians? Noobs and the Whovians? Is that what I said? Noobs and the Whovian listeners. Use the code Noobs. at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. You guys know the deal. I'm not going to waste any more time trying to convince you otherwise. How about that? All right, so that brings us down to the checklist. Uh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. I, mm, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think we actually got the words a town called Mercy. 
They said like they mentioned they talked the about it. They said that it was mercy. Yeah, but I don't think that there was ever like Wait, those four words in that order. Did it say like if you ever go oh. to a town called Mercy? Did she say that in that in that closing dialogue? You might mm-hmm. be right. She might have said it that way. I know she said something to the effect of if you ever found yourself in Mercy, but I don't remember if she said in a town called Mercy. It would make sense right there. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, the the, uh, name of the episode was originally either just Mercy or the Gunslinger. So Mm -hmm. um, we ended up with uh, a town called, uh, what was it? Yeah, a town town called Mercy. Mercy. So uh, the creature of the week or baddie of the week or whatever of the week that you want to call it this week was Collar Jex. So we kind of have two, right? So we have Collar Jex, who is not really a creature of the week as much as just he's the bad guy, right? Corbin, very early on, uh, called it, but I think there was an additional twist that you didn't see coming. Corbin's like, oh, he's dead, yeah. right? So what, what was that all about? Uh, I don't remember <clears throat> what he was saying at the moment. He was like, all I ever wanted to do was help people. Or yeah. in end suffering or something like that. Yeah, es- right? especially when it said the end suffering, I was almost thinking, oh, he's gonna get like tortured to death, isn't he? Like, wow, just like because you he's can totally you can kind of get it in shows like this where like they're pretty much foreshadowing their own death. Sure, yeah, and it's like, oh no, he I, is. I totally always dead. went the peace route and <laughs> always loved the world and just trying to do everything. Yeah. To the help extra out. twist was he tortured people. So, right. Uh, yeah. right. Mm. So that was the thing is there was foreshadowing there, but maybe just <laughs> not the in the. Wrong thing. Yeah, like well, it, it was the, it was, was misleading the, foreshadowing, yeah. right? And and there is some truth though in what he said. He said all I ever wanted was to end suffering, and then Which, later on yeah. his justification for what he did was I saved millions of lives by killing it's definitely thousands. The ends justify the means, and right one for many and, or whatever. However, yeah, the 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 goes. needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few um, yeah. per per uh, Vulcan Spock. logic, but his whole thing is we wanted to I wanted to end the war and I did. We were tasked with getting peace and we did right. So um, interesting, uh, deep character here that took us on a bit of a ride. Right, seemed like an innocent being hunted down. Who knows why? All he ever wanted was to help people and in suffering. And then it's like, ba-da-da, you were the bad Surprise. guy all along. Yeah. Actually built that dude that's trying to kill him. <laughs> right. Um, now, spe- so speaking of collar jacks, we also had the collar who are the, that's the race. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. It would be like if, if I called you human Corbin and human trip, you know, all of them have collar as their, their first name. Yeah. Or not their first name, but it's, huh. it's set, you know, so there's Collar Jex and then there were, there were two others that were mentioned, the gunslinger's name, Collar Tech, I think. I so, think. Yeah. And then there was the first one that we saw got killed in the opening. I don't remember his name either. Um, so they were all Collar or something. And um, the doctor, oh, loves the Collars, right? Um, they could build a spaceship out of Tupperware and moss. Like, what? Hmm? <laughs> where, where did that come from? The fuel is out of the moss. They used the Tupperware to hold... That's right. There you go. Just make a rocket. (laughs) So um, then we have also as kind of creature of the week is the gunslinger himself. So he's a cyborg, right? He was just uh, a dude, right? Yeah. Uh, Presumably some kind of a soldier because he was uh, a collar jacks recruited 
soldiers for mm-hmm. special training. And then as it turned out, that special training was getting they you on the operating table. And, and yeah. Put back together Turning as a you into a, into a cyborg. Instead of just building robots. Well. Meh. Cyborgs and robots where's are different Where's the fun things. in that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the where's mad the scientist fun, in that? Yeah. Where's the fun part of ripping their arms off and stuff? Wow. Uh, so at any rate, um, I thought the gunslinger as both a character and like just on screen presence was awesome. Like you were talking about why did he have the spinny gun thing? Cause it's cool. Like his whole look was awesome. It Even was like the back of his head was like plated yeah, armor. Yeah. And you could see all the way up his arm was totally. Yeah. There were various scenes where I think the very last scene where it, it does the slow pan up from the tip of his, his gun oh, arm yeah. all the way up to the Marshall badge you could see all the way yeah. up to his shoulder was was robot With like arm. springs mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. wires. Yeah, yeah. Because up until that point, I don't know that we had seen much above his elbow, really. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not clearly. And so I kind of wondered about that. Was kinda that just like, like strapped onto his... It. Yeah, yeah. Was that was that just added on to his arm? Like is his hand still in there or something? But it's like, no, he's solid robot arm all the way up to his shoulder. So um, the, the, the makeup for him was amazing. You know, the, the robot eye, the cyborg eye oh, yeah. was very cool. And you could even see the, back the, of his blue, neck. Uh-huh. the blue pupil. I'm not sure yeah. if it ever moved. No, it was pretty static. That that mm-hmm. would have been, that would have required extra money. But mm-hmm. um, his whole look, and what was cool about it was, it was kind of, it was like, it looked steampunkish, but it's like yeah. kind of the opposite of steampunk. Because the whole idea <laughs> of steampunk is, what if you took our modern understanding of size sci-fi but made it out of 1800s steam powered technology so you have things like steam powered robots you know and so it's always kind of janky but it's always also like a lot of brass and copper and and mm-hmm. dusty and leather and things like that uh, and wood to dusty, get like who knows why it just because it was the old west everything was covered in dust <laughs> so, <laughs> but but that's the they thing just pull is out of like 18,000 year old like Boxes or something. What? An 18,000 year old boxes. Yeah. Where was. are you today? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Why would it be 18,000 year old boxes? I don't understand what you're talking about. They just pull out like. Because they're dusty? Yeah, because they're dusty. Okay. okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, it's, but, so it's the steampunk aesthetic, right? He's, he is an alien, but he's wearing a Stetson. Much, <laughs> yeah. much like the doctor later. He is wearing a long duster like he is an actual gunslinger. Yeah. The, the long swishy coat, right? Like he is a gu- an actual to 1800s like gunslinger. Yeah, he has, huh? has camouflage. To blend Because, you know, I, you'll I never guess. know if he's wearing a cowboy hat. The completely really uncovered arm. Right? Yeah, if you, put a, if you put a long swishy coat on him and uh, a Stetson, no one will notice the cyborg eye and giant gun arm. He'll just yeah, blend like, right into the background. It's like yeah. Terminator wears the glasses right. so they don't have to do the weird eye thing. That's right. That's right. So, um, I just, I love the gunslinger character. Um, he's got, and then, and then, you know, he does in typical doctor who fashion, he goes from being like mindless killer cyborg to a oh, guy with a, a backstory. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, well, can teleport for some reason. Uh, yeah. I mean, why I would have been teleporting <laughs> why not? all the time. I wouldn't even walk. I would I just. Corp, he have to he's like, I will walk like, into the desert and self-destruct. And Corbin's like, 
you can teleport. <laughs> Every <laughs> time you to... you've slowly been creeping up on someone, it's teleporting the whole way across. Oh, I love, yes. Like, he I has love... to teleport, like, five or six right. feet. <laughs> it's like, like his teleporter range is only 50 yards. <laughs> which like, is the weird. amount of time that it takes him to teleport to the place, he could have walked to the place. Yeah, except apparently he's very heavy and metallic. Because yeah. I love every step he takes, it <laughs> clangs, <laughs> which is, again, again, this is the... This is the old west slash steampunk slash futuristic sci-fi of him being an alien. Mm -hmm. When the bad guy would come walking through town in an old western, his spurs would clang. Right? That's like that's a trope of old westerns. Is it would always even the good guy? Even sometimes the good guy. Yeah, yeah. But as they're walking, you would just hear this jangle of the of the spurs. Like every his jangle of spurs. Was like not Spurs, it was him. Yeah. yeah. And they combined it with that thud that makes him sound like he weighs about a thousand pounds. <laughs> like he's like he's just mostly metal at this point. So like his, his walk is just like, you know, I love it. So it's like, I will lay on you and that's how I kill you. <laughs> I will simply fall upon you. All right. Uh, so new item on the checklist. And I don't remember if this extends beyond this season, but we definitely talked about it a couple episodes ago, that the mm-hmm. Doctor Who logo in the opening credits gets a an episode-specific style to it, right? Like we did the so, Dalek thing. Right, it had the Dalek bumps. Green? Last, dinosaur bumps, last week, right? it yeah, looked yeah, like dinosaur. Di- dinosaur skin or scales, basically. This week, it was made out of wood with gunshots in it, right? So, very Old West trip. Oh, what did you think nailed. it was going to be? Oh, um... You said first. You said it was going to be oh, wearing a hat. Gonna, <laughs> no, no, that was after. I said it was going to be like a cyborg because of the cyborg dude. Right. And then I you said a, it could be wearing a Stetson. You said that, and then there was another one you said where it was going to be. Maybe I was thinking of the cyborg one, yeah. Because yeah. you said you said it was going to be it was going to be metallic, like it was a cyborg, or it would be wearing a Stetson, Stetson. and I was like, that's not really what they're doing. <laughs> Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> the D just had a little Stetson hanging off the, <laughs> the corner of it. Uh, so this week, yeah, it was the, it was the wooden slats with uh, gunshots. I thought those were nails, not gunshots. Uh, the Wikia said gunshots. I honestly wasn't paying enough attention to, to notice that. So uh, we didn't get anything about bow ties, but we did have the doctor back in a Stetson, this time with a bullet hole in it. He actually wore, I love that he wore that one. Like yeah. not a different one. When 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 Isaac handed him that hat, I re- I remembered that he ended up in a Stetson in this episode. I forgot that he ended up wearing that one though. So and now that I'm thinking about it, was that the one he was wearing the whole episode? When he had the little showdown with with the cyborg. Yeah, he was. Still was he still wearing the white? one with the hole in the top? Yeah. It was kind of like it was kind of like tan. Yeah, like a light light tan. Like, that one's kind of sure easy to one. pick out because it's really white versus all these other brown ones. Yeah. So if he was wearing a white one, it was probably the same one. Yeah, I but. thought he was gonna take it off of someone's head because I knew he's a cow. It's a cowboy. He's gonna end up with a stetson. I thought you he knew he's gonna, gonna be wearing one. I thought he was yeah. gonna take it off of someone's head because yes. that just sound, seems like something he would do. Like he took the gun out of a random dude's holster. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. So uh, let's let's circle back around to the this. doctor wielding, uh, presumably, uh, you know, an old old west. Uh, what is it? A cult. Uh, mm-hmm. Cult pacemaker for <laughs> Back to the Future reference there. Uh, so let's see. We didn't get a Geronimo, interestingly enough. Um, nothing that the Doctor loved. Jiggery pokery. Um, we had the Sonic doing its typical thing of opening. It opened up the spaceship the, that looked like a giant Tic Tac. Um, <laughs> 
It, apparently, you know, like, there was definitely no door in that thing. Oh, yeah. Completely seamless. Yeah. And he just waved the thing and it was like, you know, it opened up. But then he also used it to override a security password, which I forgot was simply setting up the fact that you could have this thing explode. That's all that was, which was interesting yeah. because why not just set it to self-destruct rather than get in, deactivate the pass, you know, put in the password and deactivate the thing and then somehow rearm it. Yeah. It's like getting into your car. Why can you do that? Yeah. It's like cutting off the, the alarm on your car, getting in, locking the door and then cutting the alarm back on and opening the door. That was the equivalent there, but it was all spacey wacy. Uh, not much on the, uh, the TARDIS, uh, doing anything, no psychic paper or anything like that. All right, Corbin, yeah. needless sacrificial death. My question that I wrote down was, was Isaac's sacrificial death needless or was it the right thing for once? No, this, okay. <laughs> this wasn't just a sacrifice, sacrificial death. This was in a whole vein of sacrificial deaths where one character is like, oh no, you're going to get shot instead of pushing the person down so that they like duck below the shot or to the side so that they're just moved out of the way. They push them by jumping In their the whole body weight at them so that they take the bullet when it's most of the time entirely unnecessary. Well, okay, now wait a minute. Did did he knock him out of the way? He didn't dive in front of him. He knocked him out of the way? Yeah. I he think, did. He did. Yeah, okay. He All knocked right. him that out is, of the way. That is, however, one step better. Than, than diving, diving, and yeah. How many Straight how many movies up. have you seen that where somebody goes like, no? Like, how do you time dive? that right. anyway? It's like because <laughs> your your body is only going to be blocking their yeah. body for about a half a second. You sure can't dodge a bullet, so how can you right. time it to get hit by one? <laughs> exactly. exactly. He he flies. It like hits him in the arm and like right. just goes past it and like still hits. Still the hits. Guy. The, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so Corman continues. It's it. almost always more reasonable and effective to have just shoved them out of the way instead of shoving them and jump in the way at the same time. Yeah. Like, if you're jumping in the way, I think it's a bit more okay because, like, like, you're not doing the shoving thing because with shoving, that gets them out of the way of the bullet. So right. you don't have to jump in and get hit by it. But if you're just straight like up jumping in front of away, them... It, like, you can get in front of them, but you're not close enough to actually get them. Yeah. Like, push them out of the way. I'm trying to imagine the scenario in which you think that you could shove someone out of the way without ending up where they were. At least mostly. <laughs> just like, for the, oh for no, the listeners, he just pantomimed. Okay. Like, like you might yeah, but he's, take he was a several feet away. Way. He was several feet away. And he did it at the you last second. You can stop yourself. You he can, could like oh, run slide and, and like kick his legs all right, but, out. But, so all right, he fell. But here's like the he thing. Was also under here's it. the thing. Was this a needless sacrificial death the way we normally see it, where there was no need for him to like die? Like with the Daleks slowly. It wasn't the people. The thing. It wasn't right, him exactly. being stupid for sure. Okay. Right. It was him having in his right mind that that dude mattered more, and he ended up dying anyways. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the time shows did, like this use cheap deaths to get an emotional reaction when really the person didn't have to die. And also we didn't right. really know that guy. But like <laughs> it was, right, it was clearly right. super helpful for pushing Unless we had been watching forward. Well, yeah. so that's that's the red shirt problem, right? On Star Trek. Yeah. You so you um <laughs> what was there was some show one time 
where they were doing a spoof on Star Trek, some kind of a cartoon. So I'm trying to think of if this is like the Simpsons or something like that. And they're like, all right, we need to head down to the, to the surface of this very dangerous planet. And they're like, I'll need an away team. Spock, uh, you know, uh, be like Spock, McCoy and Lieutenant Skippy. You're with me. And the camera whips over to Lieutenant Skippy and he goes, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> it's like you, 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 you show up on scene and the nameless and the fact that he even called him Lieutenant Skippy. Normally they don't even get that much recognition on yeah. Star Trek, the original series, but you, you introduce a character without a name, without a purpose, without a face. We don't care. And red shirt. And oh. you kill them. So that you can, like Corbin said, it's a cheap, it is a cheap death. It's it's not a cheap death. It's a cheap trick to try and say things are serious and we're going to prove it without any long lasting consequences. Yeah. Right, because it's like very rare that a show will straight up kill a main character. Because if they to beam show down, go down, and then Spot gets stabbed through the back. Though they did kill him off at one time. How many times are you going to bring that up, man? <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Like, <laughs> I just, it's so crazy because like most episodes they beam down on a planet with an away team, and it's like four or five of the main cast and two random people right. we've never met. Both before. of them are dead. Both of them yeah. die. And if they and really want to be cheap about it, like, at least one of the people knows one of them on a close personal level. And yes. it's like, no, and we've right. never met this person before. And it's like, we don't care at all. There's, no, there's literally an episode, um, and, and I promise we'll get back to Doctor Who in a minute. But there's literally an episode where the opening scene is Kirk performing a wedding. And he does the wedding of these two, as of yet, unseen characters we have never heard their names never seen their faces and of course he you know does the wedding then there's the emergency they beam down to the planet and the guy that he just married to some unnamed woman is dead within seconds and it's and again it's like let's really raise the stakes and really put the emotional level on on high gear why by saying send them down? he just got married and corbin he just got married why send him down <laughs> right um that's why you pointed out so early on with Jex when he had the whole speech. Yeah. Cause that's the other cheap trick you do is you give him this tragic backstory of all they ever wanted to do was help people. You want and it's like, the, Oh, you're going to die. Yeah. You want the um, viewers to have some sort of emotional connection with yeah. them in any without, way possible. Without right. actually having to make a long connection that will take up time for plot. Right. So there, there are, again, there are some shows that nowadays, say in the last five or 10 years, are a little bit more willing to go mm-hmm. ahead and cross that line and whack a main character every now and then. Yeah. And um, there's uh, Joss Whedon, by the way, is known for this. He is known for just taking out main characters and like <laughs> destroying people's souls because it's not... It's not red shirt number three. It's not Lieutenant Skippy. It's not, you know, random, uh, random marshal that we just met in a town called Mercy. It's someone we've known for three seasons and he's just like, you're gone. <laughs> and he just does it all the time. And there's no coming back. Which and there's no the coming back. Yeah. I hate when it's, it's like. a dream. Yeah. Right. right. I, I hate time travel. Whenever they bring them back, it always kind of sucks. Because yeah. it's like, well, then like what was Spock. the point of killing them in what? the first place if there's. Just know if they don't yeah. stay dead. And that happens so, all the yeah. time in all right. Marvel Comics. So was Isaac's sacrificial death needless trip? Yes. Corbin, was it needless? Yeah. All right. It's used exclusively to move the plot along. And that was- well, okay. 
I'm not okay. I'm saying it's it wasn't needless in the sense of the the one person that stays behind to shoot the Daleks, which is never possibly in a million years going to help. But I have to try. He like could that, have moved. Okay. You know, like like Astrid Peth's. Uh, you know, driving the forklift off the cliff, even though she didn't need to. That kind of those are death. super needless because that's what I'm saying. They that's do what I'm saying. Nothing. So this so this would be like one notch below that that needless of a death. If so those yeah. are right, needless. This that. one is like almost useful. This one was manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Um. That's uh. That is about it for the checklist. That was kind of all the stuff we had. We did have a few other other things we noticed. Um. Okay, so they did the Undertaker gag twice, where the the Undertaker, as soon as he finds out he is an alien doctor, or as soon as he found out he was a doctor, I don't remember, one or the other, doctor. he immediately begins measuring his shoulder width, and he's like, oh, I don't need a suit, and he's like, I'm the Undertaker. Undertaker. That is a, as far as I can tell, that is a direct uh, callback to Back to the Future. Y'all remember that scene in Back to the Future 3? Um Back to the Future 3, Marty has challenged Buford to a duel or whatever and to a showdown. And everybody's coming up and like, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the gun, the gun seller that sells the Colt pacemaker, he comes up and gives him one free. And somebody else is like, you know, everybody's like tipping their hats to him and everything. And some guy comes up to him and tries to uh, sell him a suit. And then another guy comes up to him and starts taking measurements. And he's like, listen, I don't need a suit. And he goes, no, this is for your coffin. And then walks away. You know, (laughs) it was like, it was this, to me, this had to be a Back to the Future reference. If it's not a Back to the Future reference, maybe this is done in lots of other Westerns, and I've only ever seen it in Back to the Future 3. Yeah. It feels like something that would actually happen in old Western times. They're <laughs> like, oh, this guy's going to die. He yep. don't know what's coming hey, for better, better be ready. Hey, newbie. <laughs> That's right. So um, it's either a trope or it's a definite Back to the Future callback. I did think it was funny that they did it twice, and the second time they ramped it up where he's like, I believe in you, doctor, and then immediately went behind him and started yeah. measuring him again. I'm like, how long does it take you to get a shoulder width measurement? Really? Okay. Didn't you already do this? Like right at the start? Why do you need to do this it again? Yeah, he's, and he's and he spent a lot of time holding that tape there. You know, it's like in Back to the Future, the guy like the guy walks up, he does his his uh arm length, and then he holds the tape in a certain way so that he he keeps that measurement, then does the shoulder width, and then uh like does his hand on on like how tall he is up against his chest because that Undertaker was like huge. He was it's like really tall, and so he kind of like measures all of his measurements like in ten seconds and then walks away. You know, nope, this is for your coffin. Have a good day. You know, and walks away. Uh, this guy had spent way too long measuring just the shoulders. Um, I love the line: "Everyone who's not an American, drop their guns." This was um, man. I'm British. I'm British. I'm an alien. Uh, right. Yeah. I love that. Um, Scottish. You know, for us watching this, we're watching something that is ingrained in our. Every American understands the old West genre, yeah. right? We all get it. We get all of the tropes. We get all of the things. I wonder how much of this was just completely novel and exotic and amazing for UK viewers at the time. <laughs> like, this is what they used to be like. Well, that's what I'm wow. saying. Like how much of it is just, oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's like us watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You know, like, there's a lot of symbolism here. I don't get. Wow. Um, and, and so um, I love 
the the Scottish redhead just accidentally firing the gun, what, three times? Yeah. Like, she, no, she shot it in the air once on purpose, and then she shot it at the ground once on accident, and then while apologizing, shot it into the ground again. And he's like, okay, okay. everyone who's Chill not out. an American, drop your guns, because apparently y'all don't know how to handle this. <laughs> yeah. I love, like, this whole episode is filled with, um, like, American Western stereotypes that are very obvious to us and normal. And I bet the Brits were like, what? I don't get half of this. Well, that's what that's what I'm wondering. So, uh, so uh, Thomas and some of our other friends from across the pond, let me know on on Twitter or whatnot. How much of this? How much of this was uh, novel and interesting? And and or or am I just projecting here? Like, is is the old West American genre totally a thing that that y'all do all the time in your TV and movies as well? I don't know. Because um, because you, you can guarantee something if if a series or movie if a <clears throat> If a movie franchise or a television series that is sci-fi or time travel or anything goes long enough, you will have a Western version, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have, you know, if, if you're going to have them in space at some point and you're going to have them in the Old West and then maybe like Atlantis or you know, something like that. It's <laughs> so. Atlantis. Uh, Corbin, what was this thing here? Uh, <laughs> this was like a really quick thing that I noticed was – um. So the gunslinger is uh, chasing the doctor, and at the bottom of his little visual thing, it says bicardinal. Cardial. Cardi- cardial. Cardinal yeah. bicardial. <laughs> so <laughs> too hard. Bicardinal. Yeah. I was just like, Faces two directions at once. <laughs> that was a really interesting detail to throw in there. Right, yeah, yeah. For like a split second. And it even it showed like really the two hearts yeah, showed, together, yeah. which didn't look the way I thought. I thought it was it two was like, separate parts. Yeah, and and the, the and way like that little together. diagram, it almost made it seem like they were kind of two hearts the way we have two lungs, but yeah. even closer together. Yeah, you know, like they were kind of on top of each other. Because like, didn't like, he get shot in the heart once? And he's like, "Nah, it's good. I have one of his hearts stopped. I don't think he was For shot. For some in the reason, heart, but yeah, one of his hearts stopped, and he and he was like." The other one was still going. I was hoping the entire time someone was going to shoot him in the heart, and he's like, "Oh no, it's fine. I got, <laughs> I got one. two. Yeah, um, yeah. I've always taken it that he has one on the right, one on the left. How like do we have humans lungs. do this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it, that that little diagram on the heads up display looks like they were clustered together. Yeah, with like one branch in the middle, much like lungs. I don't think like we've lungs. seen. Like that's definitely not the image that we've been getting at all like yeah they seem like they're, they're totally, very like, far one apart one is hearts. where yeah. ours is yeah. and then another's down right. like where our stomach is or this, something. <laughs> right. this is classic like us being humans and projecting on aliens and whatnot but yeah, i was exactly. like clearly he you. has two perfectly normal shaped human hearts one right here <laughs> and one right here yeah. on opposite pecs and it's like no why would it be like that he's an alien there's no who They're knows? Reason for his hearts to be like that. Who knows? All right, so uh, that brings us down to who's who. So first of all, who is Rory? I love the little bit that he left his phone charger in Henry VIII's suite. It was only, it's just a few years. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just 10 years off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you said when you left your phone charger in Henry VIII's suite. And apparently, um, I don't I don't even remember this, but as I was reading in the notes, that's got to come back. We're gonna, How did we're he gonna leave his phone charger in a place with no plugs? Uh, yeah, right? What was he doing with it? <laughs> was he plugging it into or something? Anyways, 
Maybe it just fell out of his coat. Uh, speaking of, of uh, Rory dropping things, he got toast crumbs on the TARDIS console. And they like missed Mexico by 200 miles. <laughs> right, yeah. No, Mexico. Not, they weren't even heading for New Mexico. They were heading for Mexico. That's what happens when you drop toast crumbs on the console. That's right. So somehow it's like the doctor has never once landed where he wanted to, but this time it's Rory's fault. Like, nah, yeah, like, nah, I'm not, how I'm not, imprecise. I'm is not that? buying it. Yeah. Uh, who is Amy? Wait a minute. Was that it? Yeah. Who yeah. is Amy? Uh, the, um, what's his name? Jex says that there is kindness and sadness in her eyes and a ferocity as well. <laughs> clearly a mother. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly a mother. And, um, I love the line. We get towards the end and Cor- Okay. So the doctor says basically, Hey, here's this cool thing about all of space and time. Want to go check it out? I, what was it? Oh, oh, remember when they sent all those monkeys and dogs into space in the fifties and sixties, you'll never guess where they all ended up. And Amy says, yeah, maybe next time our friends are going to start noticing that we're aging faster than them. So here we have here we have an interesting idea that we're going to see explored more down the road. That and 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 we've started to explore it some, right? Yeah. That there's there's a difference in their timelines, right? At the and same so, age as their daughter, first of all, which is very it almost seems younger, right? Yeah, I, I always pictured River as being older than them, like because she regenerates. We don't really know. Oh, well, she's aging she in reverse. Is. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. Benjamin Buttoning. What not? But um, the idea that you know when the doctor drops them off and then comes back, and it's been months for them. How long has it been for him? And we're gonna we're gonna circle back around to that. But the flip side of that coin is when they go off with the doctor, they have one of two choices, right? Apparently. When they left after the wedding, they told everyone that they were traveling in Thailand. So I presumably they went traveling with the doctor and however much time passed, he brought them back a little later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Mm -hmm. he didn't bring them back the day of their wedding. He brought them back a while later and they just told everyone they were traveling in Thailand. So, but sometimes that's not how it works, right? Sometimes they'll go traveling and have a couple of adventures and then come back to right after they left. And so I mean, that we means we never see when we, when they come back. Yeah, we don't get we don't get a clear indication of that with with Amy and Rory of how much we we saw it with Rose, right? We saw him accidentally bring her back one year later. Yeah, and everyone's freaking out. She's been missing for a year, and they had to deal with all the ramifications of that. So, Amy and Rory, the <clears throat> the big difference with them as companions is they are a married couple. They are a family. And presumably, like, they've got jobs and they've got friends and all this kind of stuff. And Amy says, our friends are going to start noticing that we're aging faster than them, right? So if you hop in the TARDIS and you go on a couple of adventures and you spend a few months with the doctor and then you come back to five minutes after you left. You're going to look and a you few months do that, Yeah, and you do that a bunch. Time is going to pass seem to pass faster for you. Suddenly you look five years older than all of your friends. Right. You're supposedly the same age. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what How is do happening? Birthdays work? How do birthdays <laughs> work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what it's I was like, just yeah, thinking I'm is you're going to die when you're 38, even though you were 65 <laughs> because mm-hmm. you were spent so much time traveling with the doctor. <laughs> so, uh, that, that gets pointed out here. And again, just tell them you're moving to Thailand and then you can go out as many adventures as <laughs> there you, you want. Go. Just so get rid of all your friends is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So but then the doctor counts as a friend. Again, we have we have this idea of 
Amy and Rory's time with the doctor. And that, that if we have a theme so far this year, this season, it's, you know, we don't have the silence will fall. We don't have the question or anything like that. It seems to be we're, we're focused more on characters uh, or specifically the, those three, right? The doctor, Amy and Rory. So speaking of who is the doctor, I love he sees keep out signs as suggestions more than orders, kind of like dry clean, clean, clean only. only. What? <laughs> like what a random thing to point out. Do not dry clean. Only dry tumble clean dry on low. Bah. If you can't survive my dryer, you don't deserve to be my pants. Uh, so his Christmas list gets mentioned again. So last episode, Rory says, I'm 31. I don't have a Christmas list anymore. Similar. And the doctor says, I do. And this time we have him say, anachronistic electricity, keep out signs, aggressive stares. Has someone been staring at my Christmas list? Or peeking, <laughs> peeking. peeking at my Christmas list. Makes me wonder, what kind of things are on your Christmas list? Like keep out signs and aggressive, aggressive stares? <laughs> aggressive stares. Just as you're Look. opening Christmas presents, just one dude in the room is just staring <laughs> at him. <laughs> Um, I love he he tries to play into the whole cowboy thing. He 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 busts into the saloon and everybody, you know, the stereotypical, you know, everybody stops and looks at him and everything. And he walks in and he's like, tea, but the strong stuff. Leave the bag in. <laughs> They're like, what is tea? <laughs> well, here's what's funny is when at first when he said tea, I immediately, this is, a, you know, Here's the difference between being British and being Southern American. Mm-hmm. I immediately thought sweet iced tea. Yeah. I thought he was going to say. Which would almost make sense. Right. I thought he was going to say tea iced or something like that. Yeah. You know, but it's like the strong stuff, leave the bag in. And I went, Which he's is, looking for a cuppa. That's he's the, the <laughs> most British thing you could have said right now. Leave the bag in. Go ahead and give yourself <laughs> away. Why don't you? So again, Thomas and, and et cetera's that are over there across the pond. Is leaving the bag in, is that a sign of being like really hardcore? Is that like the equivalent of walking in, slapping the bar and saying, give me a whiskey? It's saying, leave the bag in. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll eat it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tear it open and pour it in. And then he starts fiddling with the toothpick in his mouth and gets it stuck into the roof of his mouth. Oh, I thought he was cleaning out. Is that no, he, he was he was like fiddling with it, and then just yeah. like you're American, you think he was cleaning his teeth. Yeah, with it. no, it got stuck in the roof of his mouth. Why does that mean he's American? I don't well, understand. old Western Texas thing—that's what they would do. Actually, uh, okay, our uncles do that. They I'm clean lost. their teeth with toothpicks and whatnot. So. Well, that's what toothpicks are for. Yeah, anyways. that's what toothpicks. Are for. Anyways, um, let's see. Uh, I love Amy's line. Why would he want to kill you? I mean, unless he's met you. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> ouch. All right, here we go. We were talking about um, we were talking about age uh, and and the different timelines and everything. The doctor says I've matured. I'm over twelve hundred years old now. Okay, in the Impossible Astronaut, the doctor was eleven hundred and three. And 908, right? This means that series six took 195 years, Mm. right? The young doctor that we meet in The Impossible Astronaut, who becomes the old doctor we saw also in The Impossible Impossible Astronaut slash The Wedding of River Song, was that that time frame was 195 years, right? Mm. So, and by the way, most of which was between the God Complex and the river, the wedding of River Song. 
Because remember, he went on his little farewell tour or whatever. Mm -hmm. Most of that 195, let's just call it 200 years, most of that 200 years was then. There was a few months that we saw him worth of the season itself. But then there, he went on his, his little farewell tour, which apparently he spent about 200 years. That also means if he was 1103 in the wedding of River Song and he is now 1200, that means that between the wedding of River Song and a town called Mercy, another 97 years have gone by. In what, three episodes? That has to be the Four, highest. Four, counting Christmas. Yeah, that has to be the highest density so far of like. It is for us. Yeah. It is yeah. for us for sure. Nine and 10 didn't have any gaps. Not really. Like, yeah. It seemed almost like one continuous story after another. I mean, another. the best we get from nine was that he was like 900. Like yeah. he was very vague the one time he mentioned it. One time we got from Tennant that he was 906 or something so like that. It's weird because <clears> like <throat> I think the seventh doctor has mentioned he was 900 and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. We, it seems like a lot of people have mentioned 900. We've talked in the past. Uh, the first doctor said he was 900. So we, we've talked in the past about how wibbly wobbly the doctor's age is, but it seems like they're trying to get a handle on it. The first doctor was 900. Yeah, yeah in episode one. The 11th doctor is 908. Yeah. So in 50 <laughs> years, he's aged years, years has passed. I mean, you know, that's possible. <laughs> but I mean, like Yoda, he just yeah, but. ages insanely slowly. It, well, and if you, if you just add up the number of hours that the show has been on the air, it probably adds up to that many years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but at any rate, um, the the time between visits, we, we had mentioned in the last episode, you know, Amy thinks that he's trying to wean them off of him. So for Amy, the time between visits has been expanding so where there were months between visits, right? For the doctor... It's been the same. Year, no, years have gone by. It has to have been. That's a weird thing for her to you're talking think. About, he, they have seen him from the wedding of River Song till now. They have seen him three times, four times, because they saw him at the end of the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. And then now this is their third adventure. So they have seen him four times. In, and in 97 the, years. In 97 of his years. It's for weird. For them, it's been like a, few a months. year. Yeah, I like all totaled, maybe the actual amount of time. Like that she, gone. right? She's like, oh, it's been months since I've seen you, but for been him, years it has to have been years. Yeah, which is an even better argument for him trying to quote wean, wean them, them off. off. Yeah, and and we also have the the the. It's not even. I was going to say the hint or implication. It's not even implied. It is directly said, demonstrated that the doctor is going on other adventures because okay. So first of all. During his farewell tour, right? So he he dropped them off and said goodbye to them. No, wait, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting it all mixed up here. Going back to the impossible astronaut, he did his. <clears throat> remember when the beginning of the impossible astronaut, we have them spotting the doctor through history, right? They oh, see yeah. him mentioned in a book. He's in the Laurel and Hardy movie, all those kinds of things. Supposedly, that happened after the God Complex. When he went on his 200-year farewell tour, that's when he was doing all that. So we yeah. saw it before it happened, right? We got all twisted up and everything. Wibbly wobbly. Right. Um, but then he's also been going on other adventures, yeah. as in he went and like apparently saved Egypt from something. 
Thanks. And with Queen Nefertiti as his companion. Has more than a passing relationship with John Riddell. John. Yeah. That we have yeah. He knows seen. him. Seems like they've been hanging out, right? Yeah. So he's kind of like. Kind of like uh, Captain Jack. Like they're just kind of. Yeah. They know each other. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sure. And, and, and of course we always, we always get mention of these other off screen adventures, you know, where he, you know, like we got it in pond life, right. Where he in, mm-hmm. accidentally invented pasta and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So that's another, that's another bit of time right there for that 97 years. There's the bits where he's leaving the voicemails and keeps trying to go visit the ponds and either like shows up in the middle of the night or shows up and they weren't home or, you know, whatever. And he's leaving the voicemails and all that kind of stuff. So while, Amy feels like it's it's growing. The, the gaps have been growing. She has no idea. Yeah. yeah. Because you know how he is about time. He's like, like, I'll be back in five months. minutes and it's 15 years or whatever. It's like been three months to like four months. But it's actually been like 10 years. It's been 10 years for him. 50. <laughs> yeah, <And> like, exactly. <laughs> more than 10 years because yeah. 97 divide four. That's what? More than 20. More like. I can't do math in my head. <laughs> That's about twenty five around twenty five years, years between each yeah, visit. If 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 they're him. evenly spaced, well, yeah. So yeah. and and so it is it is interesting to me that uh, and Corbin mentioned this, I think, or maybe it was Trip. I don't know. Uh, one of y'all mentioned that she says maybe next time our friends are going to start noticing that we're aging faster than them. Right on the heels of her saying, "This is why you can't travel alone too too long." Yeah. So that's kind of weird. It's like she just kind 25 of twenty five years he's been alone, actually, and is is weird. Possibly. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Could so, be way more. Uh so yeah. Uh more things about the doctor. He speaks horse. Um <laughs> we've got the Wikia said speaks everything. The yeah, exactly. Uh and he said that before. I speak yeah, everything. I think that's the Wikia pointed out that Tennant spoke to a horse before. Did he? Do we remember seeing that? I haven't even seen a horse before. Yeah. No, it said it was in the girl in the fireplace. It was. It said it was in the girl in the fireplace. Remember, he rode the horse through the mirror, but I don't remember him talking to the horse. Oh yeah, yeah, we're like. Yeah, he rode it through the through the mirror. Talking. The Wikia said uh, the the tenth Doctor has spoken to a horse before and referenced the girl in the fireplace. So, and Uh, as we know, the Wikia is always right about everything. It is one hundred percent accurate all the time. What was that thing about the number (laughs) eighty (laughs) one? So. I'm looking through the notes and in their like miscellaneous trivia, it says the number 81 is mentioned and 81 has a link. So I'm like, oh, is is 81 significant? Like in in Star Trek, 47 gets mentioned all the time. It's just like a little Easter egg. It's like it's like Star Trek's version of the Wilhelm scream. They just work it in every now and then. Yeah. You know, how many torpedoes do we have left? 47. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, is 81 something I've never known about Doctor Who before? So I click it. There is an entire page on the Wikia. For the number 81, there are two bullet points about it. 81 was a number, is the first thing. Real insightful, guys. And secondly, 81 was the population of the town of Mercy. That is the entirety of that article. Which has to be the most ridiculous version of anything like that. Well, it's also, it's also so self, self-referential. In the article about the episode, it says the number 81 is mentioned. It didn't even say in that article... The number 81 is mentioned in regard to the population. It just says the number 81 is mentioned, which really sounds important, right? Yeah. You click on that and it says it was mentioned as the population in this one episode. Then, just to add insult to injury, the first bullet point that I said, 81 was a number? Number has a link. (gasps) So I'm like, 
What does that mean? So I think this is going to be a page of all the significant numbers in Doctor Who. And I click on it and it says, numbers were studied in mathematics. <laughs> I'm like, wow, guys. What? Just. And then it did say some other things about certain numbers. Or I just didn't even have the the willpower left to read that article. So I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Trip Trip is falling asleep on the microphone over there. All right. Why? So uh, let's see. The doctor at uh, one point is kind of distracted about what's going on. He's thinking, and says, hmm, what? Yes, whatever Amy said. <laughs> I love that he's just going to defer to her. And then, by the way, does exactly the opposite of what Amy had just finished saying. So. Uh, Jack said that looking at the doctor is like looking into a mirror almost. There's rage there, guilt and solitude like me. Everything but the nerve it takes to get things done. Thank the gods my people weren't relying on you. And, um, then, and then the doctor he, um, tries to kill him. And then right. the doctor immediately does what he's been telling him Ex- to do. Yeah, Just exactly. throws Four choice him out of words, to the- Jex. Uh, and then he says, you know, he genuinely doesn't know if he'll shoot Jex. Jex is like, you you wouldn't dare. I genuinely don't know. We've seen this before. We've mm-hmm. seen the doctor in that position where he's like, I really don't know what's going to happen now. What was the thing he said one time? He's like, oh, I'm angry. That's new. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen now. Uh-huh. What episode was that? I don't remember that, wh- which episode it was, but I remember, I think it was 11 that he's said He's also that. like, I'm scared. Ooh, that's new. Oh, that's new. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he, he decides that today I remember the victims first, right? All of the people who died because, quote, because of his mercy. Um, and that's when Amy, you know, accidentally shoots the gun and uh, kind of knocks some sense into the doctor. Um, he says he'd rather deal with Daleks than scared people. So there's, the, there's, a weird, there's a weird bit here, right? That scene where he says he'd rather deal with Daleks than scared people, that scene that he... That, he he wraps up saying that is when he's kind of having the little mini showdown with the one guy, the one town person who draws a gun on him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's got his gun in the holster on his hip. And I'm like, why is he even wearing that? The guy says, you better take this. And he put it on as much as the doctor is against guns. Why is he putting the gun on? Yeah specific unless it was to, to show specifically power. show i'm not gonna pull this gun on you maybe that's what it was okay that makes sense i just talked myself out yeah. of it however that scene of him going to the mat to save jex's life and to not draw a gun and point it at the guy who's pointing a gun at him who mm-hmm. wants to go in and let the gunslinger kill jex and everything that's the doctor right yeah I don't use guns. I don't like guns. I don't, I don't respond well to violence and threats, etc. Right on the heels of the scene where he is completely not the doctor. And I'm like, what are we doing in this episode, man? Where he like goes slap off and he, like Corbin said, he pulls a gun out of another guy's holster and points it in the face of Jex. And I mean, do you remember the last time we saw the doctor holding a gun in someone's face? Uh, the shotgun um, from the 10th doctor held a shotgun at someone i don't remember the shotgun but he held wolf's pistol in the master's face uh, and in that episode you've got like you know cosmic cataclysm perhaps happening here and he's pointing the gun back and forth between the master and uh the time lords the the lord president or whatever and this is like super duper high stakes and it's people that he has like a lot of history with and he's and he's really torn about it and he picks up the gun like in a heated moment. Here we have him picking up a gun in a heated moment, but over one individual, over mm-hmm. like some idea of justice, right? And it's 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 so different. 
And so that brings me to our can we talk about section. Can we talk about the consequences of war and Jex and the Doctor, right? The parallels between Jex and the Doctor. There were a lot of parallels <laughs> between the two Doctors in I, this episode. By the Jex way, this even points that out. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Did y'all like the fake out at the beginning? Yeah. He was like, uh, a man fell from the sky and uh, everything. And Trip's like, it, it's it's Rory. <laughs> Rory, I bet. Oh, <laughs> that was great. And I was like, oh, no, he's Trip. You're almost there. Close. You're almost there. It is a fake out, but like, it's not the fake out Rory. you think it's going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be Rory this time. It's going to be another person, the doctor. Um, I did love that he introduced himself as Collar Jex, and I'm the doctor. That was I thought that was fun. But there are a lot of parallels between them. Help me out here, guys. Talk, talk to me about what are the parallels between these two guys. Well, Obviously. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, there's the ones Jax points out himself. Which is? The rage and the guilt and the solitude. Mm -hmm. And. Well, but why? Why did they both have the rage and the guilt and the solitude? Because Because they both were in a war and they both ended it. Right. They're both responsible for ending it. Now, what do we know about the way Jax ended it? Uh, not so good. Blew them all up with robot cyber. Well, yeah, he 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 just did unethical experimentation on other living people, his own people, to create a race, uh, a excuse me, an army of cyborgs to wipe out the bad guys in and in the war. Right. So he went to extreme measures to end what he thought was an extreme conflict. What about the doctor? He flew a ship into the remaining Daleks. Wait. Blowing them up. A ship into the... Huh? What did he I don't do? Remember okay, that. then how did he? Well, know. I'm asking you guys because I'm trying desperately to remember how much you guys know. What do you guys... Okay, so what are we talking about here? What's the big thing, the big topic we're talking about here? The last Killed great the time war. The last, the last great time war with the Daleks. What do you guys know about that and how it wrapped up? Because I well, genuinely don't remember how much y'all know. He won, obviously. Okay. But he, he killed the Daleks. Yeah, there's a scene where he says, I'm not I'm not the survivor, I'm the winner. Right? That yeah. was when Tenet started losing his mind. Though what were you saying? I Tur- know he killed the Time Lord somehow as a result of what he did. Okay. Yeah. All the Time Lords died did. but him and supposedly all the Daleks died. But clearly that's not the case, because Daleks show up every season. <laughs> Heck, almost every other episode. One was uh, yeah. stuck in like a wormhole or something. Right, right. So, the vast so what we know is universe. that the Doctor did something that yeah. ended the war. How? By genocide, basically. Like yeah. double genocide, basically? Yeah. I mean, like... In his mind, like, like, like <laughs> again, again, we double genocide, yeah. except neither race <laughs> in, actually. In quotation died. marks. Um, you know, what we know during nine's time, because we don't meet the master until 10, during nine's time, all we know is that he is the lone survivor of the Time Lords, and presumably we meet the lone survivor of the Daleks. Did the Doctor ever meet more than the one Dalek? Uh, I'm sorry. Did the ninth Doctor ever meet more than the one Dalek? No. Yeah. Last episode. Uh, parting of the ways. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. giant army of yeah, right, that's right. That's that right. was just... That's right, because he's like, I'm coming to get you, and yeah, that whole thing. I forgot about that. So, okay. So, but at, at any rate, um, yes, the Daleks keep coming back just like the Cybermen, but even still, if we can't say full-on 100% annihilation genocide, 
he certainly committed large scale genocide of some yeah. kind mm-hmm. against two races, right? One so, being his own. A, one being his own. Yeah. So again, extreme measures for what he thought was an extreme war because Collar Jack said that they had been at war for what, nine years? That was oh, that no, so long. Well, that surprised me because it's sci-fi. What do we normally have? Thousands of years. <laughs> yes, this war has been raging for nine centuries. You know, like, that's what I expected. Since the dawn of the universe, when we were still cavemen on opposite <laughs> right. planets, we waged war against each exactly, other. Exactly, exactly. I don't know how we even knew the other existed at that time. But. Exactly. So um, he was trying to put a stop to a nine-year war. The doctor was trying to put a stop to... What do you guys know about the time length? Uh, the, Nine the, billion years. I mean, it had been going for like, a l- it was long. Yeah, yeah, for a science fiction-y it's long not, period of time. Nine right? years is really not that long. It is pretty long for a war. I mean, yeah, but like it's pretty there long. have been plenty of wars on Earth alone, just between, you know, humans that have been going on for longer than nine years. There's some, yeah. But generally speaking, I mean World War One and Two combined, I I think barely reach nine. Yeah. So I mean, think about think about because we were involved. <laughs> think about no, but think about that. That was all taking place as the atomic age was dawning. Yeah. Imagine a couple hundred years in our, in our future, what technology we would have then, and then wage a war for nine years. I mean, that's yeah. The the destruction I, involved there would be unimaginable. If we had a war now, there'd be like a few nukes back and forth. And if everyone didn't die, that thing would last like a few days. And then we'd be like, okay, no, we should stop this immediately. So um, at any rate, it it is interesting to see the the parallels um, between these two doctors. And there's, there's, uh, they, they are working towards some stuff. I'll just, I'll just throw that out there and put out, put that out in that way. By the way, I've been talking with, with our buddy Jason on Twitter. Um, He's been uh, messaging me and, and, on Twitter and off Twitter other ways and things. And, um, there, there's a couple things that, um, other, other Whovians know what I'm talking about when he says that he, he doesn't know how I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. I'll just put it, I'll just put it that way. He's like, I would be going insane right now. And I'm like, I am going insane. I just don't talk about it on mic. Yeah. I actually, I told him, I said, I'm actually having a harder time right now, not discussing with you guys season 12 than I am. This the season that we're covering on the podcast. <laughs> I'm having a harder time not talking to you guys about what's currently. We would on the forget air. most of it by that time. No, we no, catch no. Up. I, I don't. I don't want what happened to me to happen to y'all. So, guys, noobs and the Hoovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we do, and we help you enjoy your enjoyment even more, and you want to give a little bit of value back. Here's how you can do it. Head over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian. You become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so that brings us down to our classic Who connection. We're going to hear what Jared has dug up for us out of the archives. Hello, noobs and the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for A Town Called Mercy. Now, this is not the first time that the Doctor has gone to the Wild West Clear back to the first Doctor, he also went to the Wild West in the serial The Gunfighters. But that time, he went to Tombstone, Arizona in October of 1881. Now, if you're not familiar with Tombstone, uh, there was a big movie with uh, some big-name stars in it made, but that was back in the 90s, 80s, maybe? Anyway, uh, so many of you might have missed that or, or haven't seen it yet. 
Um, and so that was the time when there was the famous shootout at the OK Corral that involved the likes of Doc Holliday and the Earp Brothers, Wyatt Earp, I think, being the most famous, and another of other uh, known gunslingers. And so the doctor went to Tombstone. Tombstone's like practically on the border of Mexico there down in southern Arizona. And uh, so the doctor and his companions showed up at Tombstone. Of course, this is before they could really control where the TARDIS was going, no matter what the doctor was saying about it. And so they showed up and the doctor came out and he has a toothache and he needs to find a dentist. That's his whole purpose of wandering around Tombstone. Well, he doesn't find a dentist, really. He, he, he uh, gets wrapped up in a plot to, uh, to kill Doc Holliday with a gang of gunslingers. So that was his first trip to the Wild West, and here we see his second. And much like in A Town Called Mercy, in The Gunslingers, the doctor is also deputized uh, while he's there. So that was kind of interesting, too, that they looked to his leadership both times. Uh, for their safety. Uh, now, at in the sort of the middle of the episode, the doctor is looking to honor all the victims of the Master and the Daleks uh, because he, uh, presumably in all of his incarnations, showed them mercy uh, and that allowed them to go on killing other people. So, you know, he was not going to show mercy this time. And, of course, we know he was pulled back from the edge of that. So, of course, we've seen those characters uh, in New Who and, and the people that have suffered at their hands in New Who. But uh, that was, of course, calling back through all the incarnations of the Doctor showing mercy. And, finally, when the Doctor used his sonic screwdriver in the, the uh, duel, the shootout against the cyborg gunslinger, he pointed it up when he used it instead of at the gunslinger. And we talked about this, in, I don't know, maybe a season ago or something. Uh, but he, the, the classic Who doctors would often point the sonic up instead of at an object because it was not supposed to be a weapon. It was supposed to be a, just the, the, a tool, just the sonic screwdriver. So they didn't want it to be perceived as a weapon because the doctor uh, is adverse to weapons. So... Here, the, the doctor was pointing it up into the air, just like classic Who doctors. So, I thought this was a fun episode. I mean, it was meant to be kind of fun. Wild West. I was raised, my dad loves spaghetti westerns and John Wayne movies. So, I was raised watching those, and I love a good romp through the West. Uh, this one felt like they were trying to do two stories in one and it felt a little disjointed to me. I mean, it worked, and I'm not saying it didn't work and it wasn't well done, but uh, just it felt a little rushed in the beginning and then a little maybe lackluster after the second half, uh, like it sort of ground to a bit of a halt. Um, I, I liked their trick against the gunslinger, uh, which was kind of a hearken to uh, the Three Amigos, if you've ever seen that movie. Uh, so that was kind of fun. But anyway, it just... it. it it was good. It just didn't have that overall uh, polished quality, I guess I'm going to say. So I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 Stetson hats. And nothing much creepy except for the cyborg uh, look of the gunslinger. So um, I'll just, just for him alone, I'll give it 100 creep levels. And that's it. So thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time.
All right, thanks, Jared. That brings us down to our overall impressions. And we're going to start out with our overall rating out of 10 somethings. Corbin, what do you got? Uh, I thought this one was good. I I like the um the sci-fi western combination thing. Yeah. Like yeah. This episode and Firefly is really the only other one I've seen like that, but yeah. That one was really good. So, I'm going to go with uh 7.5 uh cyborg eyes. <laughs> 7.5 cyborg eyes with the blue pupil. Uh trip, what do you got, man? Pupil? Pupil. Um, I think I agree with Corbin. He, I mean, I'm gonna rate it a bit higher. I'm gonna go eight yellow circle, yellow spinning circle thingy, laser gun, whatever. <laughs> I said yellow circles, expecting everybody to understand what I meant by that. Okay. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I thought this one was good. I'll be honest, this was one that I was not looking forward to. Um, and I don't know why. When I, I saw it, like. I wasn't really intrigued by it. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, they're it's, doing a Western right. thing. Like, <laughs> well, like I said, first it's dinosaurs been around long enough. and then. That's right. Yeah, actually, that's kind of what I was saying. All we got to do now is just go to Atlantis by the end of the season. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't say the dinosaurs were aliens. Uh, no, they were just regular dinosaurs. Yeah. So uh, that's the thing is I watching it this time. I really enjoyed it a lot more than I remember enjoying it the first time. And I don't know why. I don't know what it was that I didn't care for. Um, but this was a, a much different episode. I had a lot more fun watching it this time. Maybe it was because I knew what was coming. Maybe it was because I didn't have to solve the mystery. I could just enjoy it or something. I don't know. But definitely it, uh, enjoyed them playing around with the tropes. Watching the doctor try and be a cowboy was fun. <laughs> um, again, I love... They, I, they, they nailed... Like the costuming and the set. Oh, yeah. Um, and again, the gunslinger himself, that whole makeup and costume, everything about that character was great. Mm -hmm. Jex's character was awesome. I don't think I noticed, um, uh, no, I, the parallel between the two doctors, like Corbin said, was pointed out by Jex, mm -hmm. but I also now have some, some knowledge from, you know, from ahead knowledge from the future. Um, but also you guys, you guys ha probably have a better understanding of what we have watched so far than yeah. I did when I was going through it. Mm. Um, when I, wa when I did my watch through on this, I think I watched all like nine seasons that were current at the time. I think I watched them all in like 18 months. If but we're, we're doing a whole, we've been doing it for three years and we're not we do done. it and we're doing like, and and explaining of we it. We sit and down and talk theories. about it. Yep. So, so we can just kind of like. Exactly. Experience it more. So I, not only that, but we, like I understand Doctor Who better now <laughs> than I did before we started this podcast. <laughs> so I'm able to draw parallels that I wasn't able to before. So again, I just, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 toothpicks stuck in the roof of my mouth. Yeah. 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 All right. The blood. <laughs> creep level out of 500 creep levels. Corbin, what do you got? Uh, one one thirty five. It wasn't really creepy. Like okay, the cyborg. Other than the weird cyborg, kind of weird. Yeah, it yeah. Was a bit and it wasn't all bad in the end. Yeah, it wasn't like he was the Terminator. bad guy that turned out to not really be a bad guy. Yeah, that whole thing. Terminator. So, so uh, he, yeah. I said uh, it was not like Terminator. Gotcha. So Trip, what's what's okay. yours? Corbin gave it one thirty five. What do you got? I'm gonna go one forty five. One forty five. Yes. I feel like I went too high now. <laughs> <laughs> I put 225 and that's entirely based off of the gunslinger himself 
Um, which he wasn't really that. He's not. He's though. not that terrifying. Like because we see him pretty clearly all along. Like it's yeah. not like partial. You know, like uh-huh. hidden monster type of thing. So I'm going like to change that to 150. There's a moment yeah. where um, when they shove the doctor out and he's slowly teleporting towards him, and then they bring him back in at the last second. I'm like, if this was a horror movie, he would have disappeared. They would have waited like 10 seconds, and then he would have appeared right in front of the camera. And oh, that yeah. would have been like a jump scare. Yeah. yeah. I was actually expecting them, like maybe they would do that, but... They didn't. Not so much. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to ramp my creep level down to 150 because this is, this was a fun, fun episode. What was it at before, Dad? 225. Pulled it way down to 175. Uh, that brings us to our theories. Do you guys have any theories or anything that you'd like to discuss? Amy and Rory are going to stay with the doctor. <laughs> I think we know that now, Trip. Okay. It's been what four episodes no, with them? That's totally uh, three, original. right? It's three. I, I don't know. I, were they I in was the Christmas? Thinking of that the whole time. The this Christmas is episode three of the season. They were not in the Christmas episode. They were in the Christmas at the very, very end. Oh yeah, that so four really episodes. Count, but, uh, it does count. <laughs> <laughs> not really. So, no. It sounds like we don't no, have any no theories. No theories. Um, so. Um, as far as listener input, I was talking about uh, Jason uh, the other day, or uh, the other day, earlier in this episode, I was talking about talking to him the other day, and I was just scanning, um, I was scanning through with the, uh, through this message, because I wanted to say that there was something that he pointed out in particular. He was, um, he did comment on, on y'all's almost uh, disco spoiler, and he said that, that cracked him up. He Our did say that he had, spoiler. huh? I'm not, I'm not even going to bring it up again. You can ask me later. <laughs> Y'all mentioned something. And I was like, no, 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 we're not going to no, talk about that. Uh, Cause we didn't want to spoil it for someone. If they haven't seen oh, it by now, oh, it's their yeah. fault. Yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, two years old. Uh, they should have seen it. That's it's one year old. Season two, season two is, is only one year old. And that's what we're talking about. Season, it's been on CBS for a year. They should have seen it. Anyways. Well, we haven't. Yeah, again, y'all are eight years behind on Doctor Who, so shut up. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, no, he 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 just had some fun stuff to say. And again, he he was talking about how um, uh, he attempted to listen to last week's episode, like or or the episode a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he attempted to listen to it like three times. He said, and he kept getting interrupted. And uh, so he's got he's got younger kids at home, and he is like. You know, every time I would I would start listening to it, it was like, Dad, I need help with this. Or, you know, <laughs> he said he kept getting pulled away. So finally he said something about he was out walking around the neighborhood and he was like, ah, alone at last. <laughs> he can listen to news in the Hoovian. And I was and like, then, yes. And his son like comes riding his bike down. <laughs> yeah. <"Dad!"> <laughs> Crashes <laughs> into a tree. Oh, crap. Yeah. So I, I, th- I thought that was hilarious. I told him, I was like, man, I, I love hearing so that. Quiet. That's right. Yes. Finally, you know, and he just hits play on our little podcast. So that, that felt really good. So, um, thanks for sharing that with us, Jason. Um, and guys, I'll, uh, throw that out there for you guys, uh, to, to reach out to us via Twitter at noobs, Whovian, uh, Facebook, uh, you can email us at noobs the at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us a review anywhere that you found us, whether it's iTunes, uh, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, all the different places. And if you do leave us a review, make sure that you um, email us about that and let us know. Email us at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com and let us know um, and, and just go ahead and give us what the review was and tell us where you left it because I may not be able to find it depending on what country you're in and 
all those kinds of things. So because iTunes is amazing with their review system. Yeah, iTunes and it's not even really iTunes anymore. That's the crazy thing. It's Apple Podcasts. So like everything is changing. So anyway, uh, people people listening five years from now are like, what's an Apple? <laughs> <laughs> what's an I don't an think Apple? Apple was that an electronics company of some sort? I don't know. What's an um, Apple? Is when, Apple's stocks like declining or uh, something? No, I'm just so I mean, I'm just joking. The way things change. Anyways, guys, the game plan is for next week. We're just continuing along with uh, series series seven with the episode "The Power of Three. So uh, isn't that episode four? The named episode four, "The Power of Three. Gosh, you're kidding me. Total side note, there are there are rumors about how long Whitaker is gonna stick around. And um so far she I think she has confirmed that she's coming back next season, which means the dream will finally be accomplished. The thirteenth doctor will appear in season thirteen. So it'll be the first time since Hartnell that the the number of the doctor and the season number matched up. And then there were some people that said um that they think People were saying, I hope that she breaks the three-year pattern, right? Because uh, um, Tennant, Smith, and Capaldi were all three years apiece. Yeah. So there, people are saying, I hope she sticks around for more than three, break the pattern. But if she doesn't want the 14th Doctor... And the, the 14th yeah, season. and that's what I said. I was like, I want to see more Jodie Whittaker, but I, the, the number nerd in me kind of wants the 13th Doctor to leave in the 13th season so that the 14th Doctor can come in the 14th season. I kind of want Please, that. guys, come and on. And then the 14th but the, Doctor the can be one season, is, and then the rest of them can just be one <laughs> just season. Just one season from now on. <laughs> Every year, a new Doctor. That no, but the thing, that, the thing that sucks is if Whitaker only does three years, it will mean she will have the least number of episodes since Eccleston because mm. they've been doing 10-episode seasons. True. And she didn't even get a holiday special yeah. between 11 and 12. Or... 12 and 13? No. Something. No, I'm wrong about that. I'm wrong about that. She did, yeah. There's only been one season break so far and she did a Christmas episode or a New Year's episode. So she will have the fewest number of episodes if if she stops now uh, going, uh, you know, until you get back to Eccleston. So at any rate, guys, watch The Power of Three this coming week and tune in as we cover that. Until next time, guys, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reedison. Our, our, Austin, what now? I almost made it. Our audio engineer is this guy. And I am Harsh Priority. <laughs> our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And shout outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us over at Facebook.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian or Twitter.com slash NoobsHoovian and email us at NoobsInTheHoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian and you can find all these links and more including the full show notes at NoobsInTheHoovian.com. Remember, wherever you found us, to like us, subscribe to us, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Hoovian and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the Noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. COVID-19.